Welcome to this week's podcast from Oceans Church in Orange County. We hope you're encouraged by this week's message. For more information, please visit our website at theoceanschurch.com. I want to talk to you about believing today. And I want to talk to you about the signs that follow believers. Signs. Say with me, signs. And if you're taking notes today, you can write the title down, Signs. Matthew 16 tells us, or excuse me, Mark 16, I keep saying that. Mark 16 tells us about the signs of men and women that actually believe. If you have your Bible today, if you're new to our church, I'm going to read like four verses out of Mark 16. You can read the same story in Matthew chapter 28. But I'm going to read today, they call it the Great Commission. The Great Co-Mission. Meaning it wasn't just God. And it's not just man. It is a mission that we are in together. I can't remember what scholars said it. Said, they said it this way, without man, God won't. And without God, we can't. And the commission is this partnership that God says, I could change the world any way I want. But I actually want to change it through my sons and daughters. Mark chapter 16. If you're ready to go, say, I'm ready. I'm going to read these. I'm going to pray real fast. I usually try to lift up the Lakers. And I tell a couple stories. If you laugh, we call them jokes. And I, I think humor is good. Yeah. I think one, one, of my, uh, one of my pastor friends said that, you know, humor is, it's, it's like the, it's the, it's the, it's the sweetness that helps the medicine go down. I heard a story about a mom. She had a two-year-old and uh, her brother came over and then she started throwing these medicine pills on the carpet. And she yelled at the two-year-old and said, don't eat that. Don't eat that. And the two-year-old started eating it. And she said, it's the only way I can get them to eat the pills. <laughs> I, have found, I have found that humor is kind of what helps us put God's word in our hearts. So uh, Mark chapter 16, let's read this together. This is right after the resurrection of Jesus. Uh, incidentally, it seems like the obsession of the, ris- the, the risen Lord was focused on getting people to believe. He wanted Thomas to believe. He was upset at people for not believing. He was on the road to demask us. Another way, uh, no, we'll talk about that later. Anyways, <laughs> kidding, kidding, Damascus. Just hit <laughs> a nerve. Um, sorry. <laughs> that was an accident. Um, we, uh, we, uh, but he's trying to get people to believe. So let's read this together. You guys ready? Didn't mean to offend anybody. Praise the Lord. Mark 16. It says this in verse 14. Later, Jesus appeared to the 11. They sat at the table, and he rebuked their unbelief. What did Jesus rebuke? I'll tell you right now, Jesus tolerates a lot of stuff. He's okay with a lot of stuff. One thing that Jesus seems to have an issue with is this, this idea of unbelieving. He says that he rebuked their unbelief and hardness of heart. And what I have learned in my life, my limited life, is that usually people that have unbelief also have a hard heart. Hard hearts and unbelieving hearts usually seem to live in the same ribcage. He says, look guys, I got an issue with your unbelief and the hardness of your heart because they did not believe those who had seen him after he came out of the grave. He said to them, this is what Jesus says. Watch what he says. He says, first word, say with me, go. Very, very important word. Notice what he says. Say it again. Say it with me. One more time. Go. His first word. 
Go into all the church. Go into all the Christian ghettos. Retreat from society and go. Watch my Bible. Come on, watch what it says. And by the way, if you have a problem with any of this stuff, you can talk to Jesus about it. Not my ideas. He says, go into all the world. And when you go into all the world, I want you to preach the gospel, the good news. Declare like a herald the good news to every creature. Some of you are like, man, my boss isn't even human. Look, he said every creature. You preach the good news, come on, to every creature. He says, he who believes, he who believes and is baptized will be saved. But he who does not believe will be condemned. The emphasis isn't on, baptism is important for sure, I'm not, not saying that. But the emphasis is on belief. You can go to heaven without being baptized. The thief on the cross did. But belief, you cannot. You cannot access God without belief. You'll be condemned. He goes on. He says, and um, by the way, these signs. That's where it gets fun. This is where everybody's like, really, on Mother's Day? Let's go. <laughs> these, okay, what signs? These signs. These signs will follow those who believe. Is there any believers real fast? Okay. There's a few of us in here. Here's the signs according to Jesus. Not Paul, not Peter, not John. These are the signs according to Jesus. The signs are this. These signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. Okay, that usually causes people to want to leave. In my name, they will cast out demons. In my name, they will speak in new tongues. Another sector wants to get up and go right now. They will take up serpents. Seen that church from Alabama? <laughs> they drink anything deadly. It will by no means hurt them. And they will lay hands on the sick. And they will recover. I'm sorry, guys. I do this to you all the time. This is, I, just, I just call it like God gives it to me. I want to talk to you today about the signs of believers. Are you ready? And it's Mother's Day, so we'll kind of we'll sprinkle in some Mother's Day humor. Is that all right? Father, we love you. We love our moms. We love the Holy Spirit. Meet us where we are today, whether we have faith or we have doubt. God, wherever we are, we're broken or we're on a mountaintop, in a valley or in an in a, in a isolated place. Meet us, lead us, feed us, guide us. Have your way today. Bless the Lakers. Jesus' name. Come on, everybody say it. Amen. Amen. I think it would be appropriate on Mother's Day to honor all of the moms by explaining to men how we are to understand you. Can we just take a little bit of time to teach the men how to understand the ladies? Come on, all the ladies said amen. Single men, I need you to get on the edge of your seats right now. Married men, I need you to pay attention and get your notepads out right now. This could save you a lot of energy, a lot of heartache. Here's some signs of when you know things are not what they should be. Yeah. Say with me, signs. signs. Men, rule number one, when a woman says she is fine. Yeah. First sign is this, fine is primarily a word used by a woman at the end of an argument when she knows that she is right and you need to stop talking. I'm fine. 
Second word that is a sign, men, is the word nothing. If, a, if you ask her what's wrong and she says, there's something wrong for sure. Nothing actually does mean something. And you should be worried. Men, if your wife tells you to go ahead, she is not giving you permission. It's actually a dare. You shouldn't even think about it. Babe, can I go fishing with the guys? Go ahead. She's like, we never talked about divorce, but we did talk about murder. <laughs> Go ahead. Another word, whatever. When a female man uses the word whatever, that's her way of calling you an idiot. <laughs> Next one. She says, that's okay. That's usually not okay. It actually means the storm clouds are forming. Last one for extra credit. When a woman says the word wow. Wow. This is not a compliment. It's not a compliment. She's actually amazed, taken back, that you could be that clueless. It's a sign. I have... Uh, I have discovered that there are signs you've got to pay attention to. Speed limit signs. Police officer pulls you over. Do you know how fast you were going? Yes. I got a speedometer. What I didn't know is where you were parked. If I would have known that, we wouldn't be here. Signs. There is good signs. There is bad signs. And I want to talk to you today specifically really about things that some churches shy away from. I would even say in some ways, some churches are scared to talk about. Some of the things that maybe we don't have clear, uh, clear lines at times to fully distinct, distinguish between. And I'll be honest, the main reasons I, I, I found that the, the two primary reasons why people are scared of the deeper things of God is because of two reasons, bad theology or bad models. Can I say it again? Bad theology or bad models. If you were ever warned by a pastor, a leader, or a professor to be scared of something that Jesus wasn't scared of, bad theology. If someone ever warned you about, about loving something that is clearly in the Bible, we will not be scared of anything that Jesus was not scared of. We will not be afraid of anything that God and the apostles were not afraid of. And if we want the results of the ancient world and the modern world, we have to go after what they went after. Can I get an amen? Yeah. But there's bad models. And sometimes it's not bad theology, it's bad models. I remember growing up watching uh, Christian television, and I'm like, yeah, I don't want any part of that. I'm like, really? If I give that much money, I'm going to be blessed. I'm going to get a jet. I'm going to get a, a, a Rolls Royce and a Rolex. If I make, I'm going to get healed if I give $29.50. And I'm going to get oil from the holy land like what like listen to me that's a bad model 
problem is, here's what I've learned, is counterfeits are only usually in existence because there is true authentics. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. One scholar said in the 17th century, he said, I, per- I, I perceive that if there is false religions and false prophets and false teachers and false teachings, the only logical assumption is, is there must also be authentics. The reason why there's fake Rolexes out there is because there are genuine Rolexes. And here's the problem many times is the devil feeds on two audiences. Those that say none of it's real are those that are overly obsessed with just the signs and the wonders of it. C.S. Lewis said when he talked about demons that the devil's favorite uh, targets are those that believe that demons are everywhere and those that believe that demons are nowhere. Are you following me today? I heard one scholar say that truth is found in the tension of two opposing views. Usually God is somewhere in the middle there. So we'll, uh, we'll look at this today, but there's signs. I want to talk to you about signs today. And I think that the, if we're being honest, I would say that many Christians in the Western world do not experience all or even some of the signs that Jesus said would describe his church. And I believe the reason why we miss the signs is because we missed the first three instructions. So I'm going to give you three instructions and the four signs, and then we're going to pray. And God is going to heal some people, fill some people, and he's going to invigorate some faith. Y'all ready? First reason why we don't have signs of these things that Jesus talks about is because the first instruction of Jesus before the signs is the first word he said was go. I am convinced the reason why most of the North American church is void of the signs of Jesus is because we have stayed when he's wanted us to go. I believe that faith is motion activated. You know, I've learned that, you know, I think one of the great inventions of our, of our lifetime is motion censored lights. Because usually the people that don't pay the bills don't care if, you, if the lights are turned on. But I found that when you go into an auditorium or a church building, our bathrooms, when you walk in, they sense your motion and the lights come on. When you're not in there, listen to me, there's still power in that, in that bathroom. There's still light bulbs that work in that bathroom. But they will stay dormant and they will stay dark because there is nothing triggering. There's no motion that turns the power on. Some of you have grown up in churches, pastored by, listen to me, don't get advice from people that have never seen the fruit that you desire. Don't let people tell you that you can't fly that have never been in the air. Are you hearing me? And some of you are like, well, my pastor said there's no miracles. Exactly, he's never seen them. He's got exactly what he's believed for. My pastor said that the miracles of God stop with the apostles. Exactly, that's what he's believed for. The God you behold is the God that you become like. And if you behold a God that is retired, who's, who's like some granddad and some cosmic universe that just wants to get us to heaven, that's what you experience. A grandpa, daddy God. <laughs> if you say daddy God when you pray, that makes all of us feel uncomfortable. Hear me. Is we serve a God that he is to us what we believe to be true he is. That's why some people, when they hung out with Jesus, they got headaches healed. And other people, they got their eyesight back. Your faith somehow unlocks the possibilities of Jesus. 
And I'm going to talk today about this. Bad models, bad theology. The first thing is this. God's signs aren't evident in many believers' lives because we don't go anywhere. We refuse to actually step out. I'm convinced that faith is motion activated. And the problem is with most of it is not an absence of power because it's not there. It's an absence of going. You see, God goes with goers and he does with doers. See, we got to do more than read the Bible, study the Bible, memorize the Bible, meditate on the Bible. We must put the Bible into practice. It's crazy in Orange County and other parts of the world. We think that our spiritual maturity is gauged by how many Bible studies we go to. I'm in Bible study eight days a week, and I've memorized, you know, all 69 books of the Bible, and I, I have Psalms 151 memorized and Proverbs 32 memorized. These are all not in the Bible, by the way. I am just a scholar of scholars, and it's like, okay, when was the last time you shared your faith? When was the last time someone came to church that came to faith because of your influence? Do you have any friends in your life that don't know God? I believe your closest friends should love Jesus like you, but you should have some friends that are lost. Come on, creatures. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Preach all creatures. The Bible says that we're supposed to go into all the world. Can I get an amen? amen? I believe that we don't have signs in our life because many of us don't go. We play it safe. And I've learned that when safety becomes your God, you start worshiping the risk-free life. I'm not taking risk. I'm not getting out of my comfort zone. God makes me do these in my, my humble opinion, ridiculous things sometimes. I'll be driving to the church. I'll be at a stoplight, half awake, looking like the cover girl from the Book of Lamentations. Just, just trying to wake up. And God will say, Mark, the lady next to you needs to hear that I love her. I'm like, that's a stupid idea. I'm tired. I haven't woke up yet. He's like, roll down your window and tell her. And I'm like, I don't want to do it. But I've learned that when you pray for the sick, when you step out at all, it's never just about that. It's about obedience. Roll the window down. She's not looking. She's more tired than I am. So I have to do a courtesy honk, you know? It's not a mad, it's just like the, hey. Hey. My name's Mark. I'm a Christian. I promise I'm not weird. Um... Jury's out. Um, but I just felt like God wanted to tell you that he, that he loves you. He's got a plan for your life. Light turns green, I turn. Never see her again. But what I've learned is that it's those moments of simple, genuine obedience that seem to touch the heart of God. One of the crazy stories, I literally had a friend. This is a true story. It was a youth pastor in a small mountain town in Idaho called McCall. He said he was fasting, and he finished up this fast. He went into this, this grocery store one night, and uh, there was a, a young, young guy working in the gas station, and he said, as clear as day, he said he heard the Holy Spirit say, do a handstand. I'm not lying. I'm not, this is a true story. Do a handstand. He's like, God, that is the stupidest thing I have ever heard. He said, do a handstand. So he said, Mark, I'm not kidding. This never happened to me before. He said, do a handstand. He's like, God, all right. he's like, just fasted. Like, he's like prayed up. He's like, all right, I'll do, do a dumb handstand. So he does it. And he, and he said, no, I want you to do it in front of the, the cash register. <laughs> handstand. Um, this is a true story. He does a handstand. 
he gets up, he's like mortified. He's like, can't even make eye contact with the, with, the young, with the young person working behind the counter. All of a sudden, they start crying. True story. You know what they said? They start, start it was, I can't remember if it was a guy or a girl, to be honest with you, but they started crying, whoever it was that was working there. And my friend goes, why are you crying? It's a true story. Gas clerk said, God, if you're real, you send someone in here tonight that does a handstand in front of me, or I'm going to take my life at the end of this shift. True story. Say with me, go. God goes with goers. Second thing is not just going. Some of us don't see signs because we never refuse. We refuse to open up our mouths. He says, I want you to go into the world. And when you actually get there into the world, I want you to preach. Some people go into the world with good motives and they lose their way when they get there. Setting out to influence Hollywood, Hollywood influences them. Go into the world and then preach. Open up your mouth. And I'm not talking about turn or burn or or doom and gloom and, and yelling at people. I'm talking about listening to the nudges of the Holy Spirit. Letting God's heart open your mouth in the moments that he tells you to open your mouth. I believe that God is looking for preachers in the business world, in the media world, in arts and entertainment, in the educational world. Where are the preachers in the seven mountains of influence? God will go. Signs will follow the goers, the preachers. And the third thing he says is signs will follow those who believe. The truth is we oftentimes get what we believe for. And the absence of most of God's great things in life are usually evidence of what we've been believing for. God wants us to get our belief up. He says signs will follow those that believe. I think that we have to allow the Bible to inform our experiences and our teaching and not let our experiences and our teachings inform the Bible. If God did it then, I believe he still wants to do it today. And today, some of you, you're like, well, Mark, what what are we supposed to believe? We're supposed to believe that signs will follow us. I know a lot of Christians that are obsessed at traveling hundreds of miles to go to a conference so they can see some signs. But it's not biblical. Biblically, signs are supposed to follow us. We're not supposed to follow the signs. I want to go see a gold filling. All right, well. Water floats your boat. I thought signs were supposed to follow us. What signs are supposed to follow? And this is where it gets fun, so buckle up. You guys ready? First thing is he says, is he says, I want you to know this, that my followers, first sign that humanity will know that you're following me. First sign, right? Everything's fine, right? Here's the first sign. First sign is this, is that you'll have authority to cast out darkness. First sign. Let's call it what it is, even though it makes you nervous. Cast out demons. You really believe demons exist? Yeah, I do. And the good news is they're not scary when you're in Jesus. And contrary to popular opinion, there's not some arm wrestling match between Sylvester Stallone and over the top. Jesus isn't turning his hat backwards and getting ready to arm wrestle Lucifer. Come on, we're not LDS. We don't believe that Jesus and Satan are siblings. Satan is a created fallen angel, and Jesus is the son of God. Can I get an amen? 
He has power over darkness. Power over that kingdom. I'm telling you, he is the God that evicts darkness. We don't turn on the lights, and you don't hear the lights whispering, hey, guys, leave. Please get out of here. We'll give you money. Just go. Darkness leaves. You know what they call it? The speed of. Notice they don't call it the speed of darkness. Because light and darkness are not on the same playing field. I'm not saying, listen to me again, I'm not saying that demons are everywhere and, well, I got a flat tire. It was a devil. And there was a cloud that started raining on me. The devil. I think some people give the devil way too much credit. But there is an opposite extreme that's just as dangerous. There is no spiritual warfare. There is no devil. There is no hell. There is no darkness. Listen to me. If there was no darkness, hell, or devil, Jesus wouldn't have gone to the cross. He wouldn't have endured all that, dark, that gnarly pain and suffering unless he had something great to buy back. So what do you know? I know this, that Jesus promised us as his sons, as his children, his daughters, that you will have authority over darkness. And listen, we're not scared of demons and stuff. I'm just telling you right now, if, if Hollywood portrayed uh, darkness properly, every horror movie you've ever attended would be about 30 seconds long. Little freaked out, demon-possessed girl spinning her head. Pastor walks in, man of God walks in, woman of God walks in. Get out of Jesus' name. Credits roll. It's over. So tired, man. Hollywood making these fake movies. You see these poor priests getting their butts kicked. It's like someone get that guy a Scooby snack. This guy's getting beat up over there in the corner. He's got a bloody nose. That is not accurate. Can I get an amen? Read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and show me someone that's like, oh my gosh, Jesus kind of got beat up right there. I think he might have got a he might have got a punch in on Jesus. I don't read anywhere in the Bible that Jesus got banged up. So, first sign, first sign is this, is that he, he gives us the authority. And listen to me, why would you take deliverance and freedom seriously? I'll tell you a very simple logical answer, Orange County. We take deliverance and we take freedom seriously because the Bible does. <laughs> does. It does it and it does. We take it seriously because Jesus took it seriously. Jesus took it serious to evict evil from people and from environments. He did. He, he, he changed people. And my problem with some of the preaching in the Northwestern, uh, North American church today is that we kind of preach a message that is like, um, it's almost like preaching a message that requires teeth, but we're only giving them gums. There is some things you can't just logically read. Well, you know what? Our, my, my five-year-old daughter had a bad dream about something demonic and dark that she's never seen, never heard, never experienced. And I can't just go in a room and say, honey, tell me about it. Okay, well, let's just think about things and let's just hope things maybe progressively get better one day. And maybe we'll just read. Let's, let's, read, uh, let's read Cat in the Hat. I'm not, listen, the reason why I'm, t I'm going where some preachers don't go is because I want to share the same truth that my wife and I live with. When my kids get bullied by darkness, I kick it out of my house. And when hell comes after my family, I take authority over it. 
Jesus said to Peter, and the gates of hell will not prevail against you, my, my man. That means they'll try, but they won't prevail. It says no weapon formed against you will prosper. It doesn't say that the weapon won't be formed. It just says that it will not prosper. You know what you do when the devil comes after you? Say, in Jesus Christ's name, I take authority over that spirit of perversion, that spirit of fear and terror, that suicidal spirit. I sent you in these tents today. I smell you. I command you to get your dirty hands off of the sons and daughters of God. He gives us that authority. Why don't we usually hear people talk about that? We just need more. Look, I'm all about counseling, but I'm also about casting stuff out. If it's dark, cast it out. Well, that's kind of embarrassing. No, embarrassing is your friend on Friday night at the club. That's embarrassing. I'm bugged by people that make excuses for their, for their crazy friends in clubs, but they're embarrassed about bringing people to churches where their friends can get free indeed. I think we've messed up a little bit somewhere along the way that we tolerate blobbering, slobbering idiots that are intoxicated in the club. But we're like, wait, being filled with God in church? Oh, it's kind of weird. Club is weird. Church is normal. I feel like preaching today. I'm sorry. I believe this all my soul, all my heart. One of the signs that follows real believers is that when darkness, listen, not if, when darkness tries to come at you, hear me today, as a son and daughter of God, you have authority to kick it out. You ever felt darkness come on, attack you? You ever wake up from a bad dream and just go, you feel something in your room? I don't, I don't say to share these stories off, but I remember one time in Idaho, we were experiencing this crazy move of God, and I went to sleep. It happened like two different nights in, my, in our house. I woke up, and there was like this dark, pillar in my room it was at the foot of my bed it was just a darkness and I could feel the evil in it and I could see it with my eyes and I woke up and I could feel fear just terrorizing just I woke up staring out of my mind of this thing and as soon as I woke up enough to realize wait I got authority over this thing all right in Jesus name get out of here and it just dissolved you're kind of weird Mark no I'm, I'm just telling you this that happened I have no reason to make that up when darkness tries to attack your family, moms, you have authority over it. Dads, you have authority over it. If you believe it, give me a hand clap and a shout. These signs, number one, cast out darkness. Number two, oh, this is fun on Mother's Day. How about speak with new tongues? New language is the word glossa. Glossa is the word in Greek that we get glossary from. It means languages. It's the same glossa that we find in Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 10, Acts chapter 19, when the Holy Spirit filled a person up and they begin to speak, as the Bible says, not Mark Francie, as the Bible says, with new tongues. So funny how there's so many different views of tongues today, and there was really only one view of tongues in the early church. No one had a problem with it. Peter spoke in tongues. John spoke in tongues. Andrew spoke in tongues. Paul said, I wish all of you spoke in tongues. Paul would go on the record in Corinthians and say, oh, and by the way, Christians, don't forbid anybody to speak in tongues. But we built creeds and doctrines trying to push the Holy Spirit out. And here's the good news. Tongues is real, and it's for anybody that wants it. 
before you're like, I gotta leave this church, before you leave, know this. You don't have to accept it if you don't want it. I'm just scared of it because I don't want to be walking in Gelson's one day. Something comes over me and I grab the microphone and I start Shondaying and Kawasaki in on the loudspeaker. I don't want God to possess me. He doesn't, he doesn't do that. The Bible says in Romans 8 that when you don't know what to pray, it says the Spirit himself will pray through you. I'm just telling you right now, some of you want to get out of the orbit, but you're not, you're not getting the rocket out of the orbit without some rocket fuel. Some of you want to put 87 gas into your tank, and you want 101 octane performance. If you want the power of the early church, you have to have the fuel of the early church. And I, I don't care, I'm not ashamed of that. Like, Mark, is this one of those spirit-filled churches? Yes. Yes. Before you leave, before you leave, what are your options? You go online today and look up spirit-less churches. Any churches that don't believe for anything? Find a church that doesn't have any power or any belief for miracles or signs or wonders or anything that resembles the New Testament. I want to go to a church that Jesus is welcomed in. Well, Mark, what about the weirdness? Well, sometimes there's people that are weird, but those people were terrifying without the Holy Spirit. I'm not going to let weird people stop me from going after what Jesus died to give me. It's not weird. Well, my pastor says it's of the devil. Listen, if speaking in a prayer language is of the devil, then hell has failed. Because every time I've spoken my prayer language, I love Jesus more, I love the Bible more, and I get more faith. Jude says when you pray in the Spirit, you build up your most holy faith. It says when you don't know what to pray, the Spirit himself prays through you with utterances that cannot be understood. Who's old enough to remember fax machines? Come on, four of you. God bless you. Remember fax machines? Sounded weird. Sounded stupid. Somehow, those funky, weird noises, because of the software in the fax machine, sent a crystal clear image. When I pray in the Spirit, the Bible says my mind doesn't profit anything. But it's my Spirit that sends crystal clear images to the Father. No one knows the mind of God except the Spirit of God. And we can't pray the mind of God without the... I did a whole message on it. You can listen to it some other time. Whatever. But we believe in the signs. And listen to me. Let me just tell you this. Don't ever be scared of anything that's in the Bible. I'm scared of the deep end until I learn how to swim. My kids, we moved to California. My youngest couldn't swim. And I'm like, man, I want to get a house at the pool, but I'm scared because she can't swim yet. But you know what a good feeling is? Come on, parents in California know this. When your kids get good at swimming, you no longer fear open water. And some of you are like, Mark, I don't know, man. I'm kind of scared of the power and the gifts of God. Listen to me. You don't ever have to be scared when you have good pastors and leaders Bible teachers that teach you how to swim. Amen? How about this? He says, I'm going to give you signs. Authority over snakes. You drink deadly poison that will by no means kill you. Now before you think this is finding a rattler out of one of the trails around here and bringing it with you for show and tell next week, before we go there, I want you to know the Bible. Here, this is very, very important truth. You always must 
use the Bible to interpret the Bible. We don't just read something and go, I feel like it means this. Well, your feelings are weird sometimes, okay? So we got to stick with what works every time, which is the Bible. So when you read this, you'll, 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 you'll have authority if a snake bites you. You'll, it talks about this. It says, uh, they will speak, they'll take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. Listen, the way that we interpret this, the Bible interprets it through Acts chapter 28, when it says that Paul is on the island of Malta, he gets bit by a snake, he has a snake, it will by no means hurt you. He shakes it off, the poison in his system doesn't kill him, and everybody goes from thinking he's going to die to thinking he's a god. What do you know? I know this. Here's the, here's the takeaway here. Signs of the sons of God is that we have authority to cast out darkness and demons. God will give you a new language if you want it. He'll give you the Holy Spirit. He'll give more of the Holy Spirit if you desire it. And number three, he wants to give you authority over the snake bites of life. There are some poisonous situations you're in right now. Some of you got bit this week in your business. You got bit in your marriage. Your son got bit. Your daughter got bit. Here's the good news. Jesus says, these signs follow. If you get bit, your son gets bit, you have authority to, to shake that snake off of your son. Shake that snake off of your, your marriage, your business. Are you hearing me today? God gave us the authority that poisonous circumstances will not kill us. It would kill somebody else, but it's not going to kill you. Other people couldn't go through what you went through. Why? Because God promised these signs. Are you hearing me today? These signs, they will fill. They will let the Bible interpret the Bible. These, these signs, you have authority over the snakes and the poison of life. And the last thing I'm talking about today is I want to tell you that the sign, one of the major signs of God's sons and daughters is they still believe in divine healing. I'm not talking about just miracles. Miracles are great. But there's people that believe in miracles in the, in the psych, uh, uh, psychic world, the mediums, tarot cards. The Bible forbids that, by the way. The Bible says do not go to dark places to get the power. You get power from God. And he says this. He, he goes on the record and he says, he says, these signs will follow. You'll lay hands on the sick and they will recover. I don't believe in miracles, Mark. Well, the problem is, is about one-third of the ministry of Jesus revolved around healing. He would meet their natural needs, he would feed them, and then he would heal them. He would teach them, feed them, heal them. So, some people go, Mark, I don't, I don't think, you know, I believe, well, the truth is, healing isn't the most important part of Christianity, but it is still very important. You know why God heals? Healing reminds us that the heart of God and His desire is to give and to forgive. It reminds us that God is good and, it, and it, that He longs to pour out His goodness into our hearts and into our lives. It's obedience to God's Word that is the fundamental reason why I pray for the sick. Jesus said to do it, so we're going to do it. Well, I prayed for someone that didn't get healed. That's fine. I've prayed for someone and they have. So here's the question, and you have to answer, everyone has to answer this. If you prayed for a hundred people and only one got healed, is it worth it? Some people say, no, that's fine, but this isn't your church then. Because this is a church that says, look, I might strike out 99 times, but I'm going to still believe that God can hit it out of the park.
Amen? Amen. Well, I don't care about miracles. You don't until you need one. Some of you might leave today and go, that church is just a little bit too much for me until you get diagnosed with something. And then you're like, wait, and all of a sudden that church that's just trying to chew meat with gums isn't very enticing anymore. I need to go somewhere that they believe that cancer can be cured, that cardiac issues can be healed, that mental disorders can be broken off, that darkness can be evicted. Are you hearing me today? I'm telling you today, I believe in healing because it authenticates the gospel. I believe in healing because it establishes the church. I believe in healing because it demonstrates the compassion and the mercy and the love of Jesus. I believe in healing because it bears witness to the truth of Christ's claims about himself. I believe in healing because it demonstrates that God's kingdom has arrived. I believe in healing because it shows that Jesus is the one who has promised by the Father. I believe in healing because it illustrates that what God naturally can do, He can also spiritually do. And I believe that it brings people to repentance. I believe it changes and transforms hearts. Peter saw the miracle of nets breaking and he said, depart from me, I'm a sinful man. Miracles remind us of the goodness of God. And I believe in healing because it shows the gospel was for the Gentiles as well as for the Jews. You read your Bible, friends, and it is hard to have a good news message that is void of the power of Jesus. I read this this week. Shall we or shall we not be the church of the Bible? Shall we or shall we not be the church of the Bible? Shall we or shall we not build with the tools that God provided for us to build with. The gospel finished with a message that the Christian life is lived in the presence and the power of him who was crucified and who came out of the grave. These signs will follow those who believe. We're not scared of demons, darkness. We get filled with new language. We shake off the snakes of life. Are you hearing me today? And we believe that we lay hands on the sick and God still can heal them. Amen. Come on, if you believe it, stand to your feet, give me a hand clap and a shout. Hey. We believe. We believe. And it's funny today, it's a very simple message, but it is so foreign to some of you that you're like, I've never heard a pastor talk about this before. It's because so many pastors are scared about what happens when you believe and it doesn't happen. I refuse to live my life in the shadows of fear. We're going to swing for the fence, and if God does it, amen. And if he doesn't do it, I would rather die in faith than live in fear. We are going to be a church that believes. Believes for what? That signs will follow us. Mom, Mother's Day, can I tell you? Your kids are struggling, husband's struggling. You lay hands on him. You say, in Jesus' name, I command anything that's tormenting my husband, my children, Come on, dads in here. You lay your hands on your wife, your kids. I command in Jesus' name, anything that's trying to mess up my children, my family, God said this, that you would kick out darkness, that you would be filled overflow with the liquid love of the Holy Spirit. Speak with a new language if you want it. And again, if you don't want to speak in the, in the prayer language, that's totally fine. That's up to you. But I'm just telling you that it, it will take your faith in God to a new level.
How could you say such a bold thing? Because I, it, it happened to me. I spent a year and a half or two years without the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I got baptized and it changed me. Turned me from a cucumber to a pickle. Come on, somebody. Better flavor. If you're here today, I, I feel like I just want to pray for these four things and we'll get you out of here today. If you're here and you say, Mark, I feel like there's some darkness right now. Some of you, you're being, you have night tears. Some of you have this, this addiction. You can't break. You're being vexed in your mind. You know, you don't want to do it. You know, you shouldn't do it. You know, you won't want to do it again. But every time you try to get away from it, that grip of darkness still has a, has you clenched. I want to pray today that God would evict that darkness. Some of you are here today and you say, Mark, I want all of God's spirit I can have. Can we agree on this? If you can know God at a 10, would you want to know him at a 10? And the answer you have to ask is this. The, 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 the question to answer is this. Is if you could live with God at a 5 and understand most everything. Or have him at a 10, but have some areas that you fully can't wrap your mind around. Would you rather live with complete understanding? Or would you like to go a little further and say, you know what, even if I don't fully understand it, I'm going to trust. And I want to remind you, if your eight-pound brain can comprehend all of God, he's probably not God. Eternity won't reveal everything about God. So, today, can I just do this prayer time? If you're here, number one, you say, Mark, we're honest, church here. You're online. I feel like there's some darkness. Let's call it what it is. Maybe even some demonic stuff that's been attacking me at night, during the daytime. I feel like this darkness trying to come after me or my family, my kids, my marriage. If that's you, I'm going to pray for you as your pastor today. I want you to raise your hands all over the tent. I'm not going to embarrass you. Just like some darkness is attacking me. Just raise your hands up real quick. Yep, all over and then down. Awesome. Just a sign. Second category, you say, Mark, if I can experience more of the Holy Spirit, if that's real, if, if having a prayer language is good and real, it's godly, it's biblical, I want more of God. I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You put your hands right now. Come on. Up. That's me. Yep. That's up. Awesome. Probably 30%, 40%. And down. Third thing. You say, Mark, God, if, if you die to give me the signs that I can have authority over snakes and the poisons of life, I've been bit. But would you pray for me that God would shake off those snakes? Would you raise your hands up? Yeah. Bit by a divorce, bit by a bankruptcy, bit by something hard. Yeah, up and down. Fourth, you say, Mark, if God still heals, I want to believe that he'll heal me and that through me I can lay hands on other people and heal others. Would you raise your hands today? Up and down. Okay. Any of those four areas, you raise your hands. I want anyone that raised their hands, put both hands towards heaven right now. Right now, God, I pray on the behalf of your people. You see all the hands. Pretty much everyone has their hands up today. And I ask you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the King of Kings, the risen Savior, you said that these signs would follow those that believe. Today we say, God, we'll go. If you'll go with God, just say today, come on, all over this place, let's just do the first three. Say, God, I'll go where you want me to go. I'll say what you want me to say. And I'll believe everything you want me to believe. In Jesus' name. Put your hands down. Now watch this. If you're here and you say, Mark, there's been some darkness, demonic stuff attacking me. Put your hand up one more time. We're a family today, guys. It's all right. Don't be embarrassed. We've all had it happen at some point. If that's your hands are up. If you're around someone that has their hands up, I just want you to stretch forth your hands right now towards them. 
And I want you to pray this prayer with me over anyone that has their hands up right now. I want you to say it. I'm telling you, change is happening right here, right now. I want you to say, in Jesus' name, I declare any darkness, demonic influences on my brother, on my sister, I command you to go in Jesus' name. I pray their mind, their heart, their spirit would be full of the peace of God. Holy Spirit, fill them up. And I pray the light of Jesus into them now. Peace come, peace come, peace come. And I'm telling you right now, listen to me, some of you, you've had nightmares for like like 14, 15 consecutive nights, and you will sleep tonight with no night tears, no nightmares, no cold sweats. God is liberating you right now. Someone suicidal in here, that spirit is leaving now. In Jesus' name, you will live. Declare the goodness of God. Second area you hear, say, Mark, I want all the Holy Spirit I can have. Maybe you've never received a prayer language. Just lift your hands if you want that today. You want maybe more, more knowledge about it. Even Just lift your hands. Some of you, it's going to happen right here and now, but for some of you, it'll be this week, this month. We're not worried about the timetable of it. We're just opening ourselves up to the Holy Spirit. Someone has their hands up next to you today. Just go ahead and just stretch forth your hands towards them. And I want everybody to pray this prayer. Say, in Jesus' name, I receive the free gift of the Holy Spirit. Lord, would you give me my prayer language? I want to speak in new languages, new tongues. Fill me up with your fruit and with your gifts. In Jesus' name. Come on, say amen. Amen, amen, amen. Thirdly, almost, almost done, but out of time. You say, Mark, I got bit this week. I feel like I got bit in this season of my life. Would you pray that God will get the poison out of my heart? poison out of my body, my marriage, my mind, my soul, my kids. You feel like you've been bit. There's poison. Would you just lift your hands right now? I'm going to pray any poison to get out of your system today. No bitter hearts, no unforgiving hearts, no anger or rage. Come on, I feel God even bringing forgiveness today. If you're here today, you say, I've been bit. Just raise your hand. Stretch forth your hands to those that have their hands lifted today. Come on, let's pray for our family today. Come on, do it, church. Let's say, Jesus, we invite you to remove the poison of disappointments, of broken circumstances, and dislodged dreams. Would you heal them everywhere they hurt? Holy Spirit, touch them now. In Jesus' name. Yeah, that's him. That's the, you feel some of you right now. Last thing, we're done. We're done with this last, last two things. You're here, you say, Mark, I need healing in my body. Would you lift, lift your hands today? I pray, Lord, whether it's cardiac issues, whether it's some sort of ne ne neurological issues, autoimmune diseases, cancers, ulcers, tumors, rashes, infections, viruses. If you need healing today, lift your hands. Mental disorders. I pray with hands lifted. Come on. I want you to lay hands on those. If you feel comfortable, let's go ahead and lay a hand on someone's shoulder. I, don't, I know. Just go. Come on. The Bible says, I'm, I'm pretty sure even Jesus said, look, the year 2021, there's going to be some stuff going on. But I'm pretty sure COVID's not more powerful than any other disease and that we've already seen conquered on the cross. So we lay hands today on our brothers and our sisters. And right now, you said if we lay hands on the sick, that they will recover. Church, pray this with me. Say, in Jesus Christ's name, 
we command all sickness, all disease, all infirmities to be healed now. We pray that now, through next week, healing would flow. We pray symptoms would leave. We pray that science would prove a documented miracle. We declare you are the God that heals. In Jesus Christ's name. Someone's getting healed right now. Right now. Come on, if you believe it, you receive it, church. Give me a hand clap. Hey! Love you. I know we're a little bit over on time. Last thing we'll do today, though, is if you're here and you say, Mark, I'm not living with Jesus or for him, but I want to. We always do this every week, even if we're over on time. Some of you, you got healed just now. Some of you could feel the darkness leaving your mind and your heart. But you're not living with God and for Him, but you want to. If you're here today in these tents, or maybe you're online, I just want you to write heart if you're online right now in just a moment. But I'm going to count to three, and I'm going to ask everyone in the tents that you need to believe in God for the first time. Some of you lost your belief. Went to an unhealthy church, had an unhealthy pastor, maybe had Christian parents that put a bad taste in your mouth. God today wants to restore belief. If you're here and you say, Mark, I want signs to follow me, but it starts with me believing. If you're here, first time decision or you want to rededicate your belief in God. Eyes closed, heads bowed, we're done with this thing. All over the room, online, I want you to raise your hands on the count of three. One, I pray right now everyone that's supposed to respond would respond, Lord. Two, give them courage to not miss this moment, Holy Spirit. Come on, right now, real high. Three, all over, that's me. That's me. Thank you. Thank you. Real high. Real high. That's me. That's me. That's me. Real high. Real high. Real high. Real high. Real high. Real high. Keep it up. Keep it up. Keep it up. Four, five. Real high. Real high. Six. Real high. Real high. Seven. Real high. Real high. Not not ashamed. Eight. Anybody else? Nine. Ten. Anybody else? Ten. There was 12 first service. It's 22. All right. You're online right now. Just write heart. And come on, is it okay, Oceans? Do we always have a little extra time for this? Yeah. This is the most important thing that we do every week is remove the obstacles that are keeping people from God. Hands on your hearts all over with those 11 people today. More online, I'm sure. Pray this prayer with me all over. Say, Jesus, I invite you into my life. Would you fill me with your sweet spirit? Would you forgive me of my sins? And would you guide me, heal me, and direct my life from this day forward? Jesus, I believe in you. And everybody said, amen. amen. Give me one good hand clap. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Have a great week.